You're listening to the World Famous White Roof Radio with cast number 616, recorded February 21st, 2017. Tonight brought to you by CravenSpeed.com, MotoringStripes.com, and OutMotoring.com. Mini performance, speed, and style. It's OutMotoring.com. And it goes a little something like this. Hit it. Hey, everybody. It's DB in Arizona bringing you guys a brand new episode of the world-famous White Roof Radio, the 616th meeting underneath the White Roof uh, with a shorter cast. I gave bye weeks to pretty much everybody for injuries and other miscellaneous things. Uh, joining us this evening, though, as always, is my good friend Todd Pearson out of Kansas, MotoringStripes.com. Todd? Uh, present and accounted for. Excellent. Uh, Alex managed to join us. He's on the road, so his sound quality is not quite up to snuff, but he still sounds really nice. Alex, say hi. Hi, everybody, and I'm sorry for the uh, low quality of the sound for this week's show. Yeah, actually, actually, it sounds pretty okay. Actually, not that bad. Uh, we're here talking about Mini Cooper stuff for you on a whatever night this is, like we like to do. We have some really cool inside baseball stuff um, from Mini USA we're going to talk about. Todd has been driving a JCW convertible. And he's going to talk about that. And there's a couple other things that we're going to talk about, too. Like maybe the weather. I can't believe, I can't believe Todd, first of all, we're going to, since you had a convertible for like the last week, I, don't, I can't believe you've had convertible weather in Kansas City. Not only convertible weather. I, I am not kidding you. Um, first couple of days, it was in the 70s. And I believe tomorrow, the day after we record this, it's going to be 78 degrees. Yikes. It's not even that nice in Arizona. Yeah, that's what's crazy. Yeah, yeah when well, they've they've bumped it down a little. Seventy five, but come oh. on, seventy five and sunny. It's warmer than San Francisco. Wow, who's going to complain about seventy five and sunny? Right? You you can't sun seventy five. No, you can't complain about that. Yeah, but no, I've got a a, um, a JCW convertible fully loaded that I've had for a few days for review purposes here. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, we'll be talking about that shortly. In comparison to the JCW race car that also lives in his driveway. Uh, and just just so you guys know, just like a little bit of a teaser, Todd, give us the bottom line price on that Monroney sticker for the JCW convertible. The car as I drove it was, uh, uh, I need a drum roll for this. Drum roll. I'll find a drum roll and I'll put it in. Was forty six thousand seven hundred and eighty five dollars. This is ridiculous. $47,000 so for just... a Mini Cooper convertible. My God. Just under forty-seven, and it did not have the suspension, and it did not have the pro exhaust. Wow! It is it is so funny that we've uh, you know when we when we get those super expensive minis, we, we the next the next thing is what would you buy for that price? Like we we did it like so many times on the show. I, know. I mean, I would buy so many so many other things. You know, it's price. kind of the week for that, Alex, because you shared earlier, and I'm sure a lot of you guys saw this on the internet already. Is that Jalopnik posted the uh, was it the ad for that BMW? It was a three series wagon. Seventy three for seventy three thousand dollars. <laughs> oh my god! But I'm buying an M three at this price, or an M four, not like a regular wagon. I'm gonna pick up a year or two old seven series for that price. Come on now. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if I'm gonna spend that kind of money, I'm going baller, man. Let's go. Oh, look, Bridger said he's gonna try and show up here. His tooth is feeling better. I think. Oh, I mean, Gabe is probably gonna be really drunk. This will be fun. So Gabe's currently suffering some dental issues. So, but he's gonna to try to join us. Before he does, let's get to get this party started. Let's remind you guys about one of the uh, fine sponsors here underneath the white roof. Our friends over at Motoring dot com. We love them. You love them. You guys buy stuff from them all the time. I know you do because he keeps advertising with us. He keeps sponsoring World Famous White Roof Radio and Motoring File both because he's OG like that. He's one of the original sponsors here at Motoring 
Mountain uh, White Roof Radio and Motoring File. And he's got some really cool stuff for you guys this week. Uh, if you haven't been getting the email newsletter, you should fix that before we go any further. Is uh, punch your podcast app, and there's going to be a link there to outmotoring.com. I want you to go and punch that at your next stop, and I want you to put in your email address to sign up for the email newsletter. It's going to do two things. It's going to keep you up to date with what's going on at Out Motoring, number one. Number two, it's going to give you your own 5% discount code for the month. And number three, you're going to get a handy link to all of the Aston Martin parts that OutMotoring.com now carries. <laughs> I'm sorry. I laugh every time. I, I'm going to because it's funny. I, I think it's funny. Um, but let's let's get you guys taken care of. Um, Aaron, he's my man. So, of course, he's carrying EBC Green Stuff brake pads now. Now he's carrying them. And his price, uh, roughly the same as what they sell for at Amazon, maybe a buck or two less. And they're the right ones for your car. Boom. You have a, an F55 6 or 7, and you want coilovers? Yeah, he's got you covered. You've got a first-gen Countryman. You have some black side markers that look really nice. They're like gloss black with white lights. They're really bitching. He's got those. You've got an R53, and you want a cool intake, the DDM AirTake, for example. Yeah, Aaron's got you covered. Uh, R53 tail LED tail lights, the mini 3D logo sweatshirt, lug bolt covers, and so much more. Don't forget, uh, it's coming up on spring full line of car care products for you guys to get your mini all buffed out and ready to go for cars and coffee in your next mini club meet all set ready to go and all of the really cool swag besides the mini 3d logo sweatshirt all the other t-shirts hats sweatshirts shoes watches all the things for your person all the lifestyle gear that you like that you normally have to lug all over to the dealer for nah just go over to almotoring.com aaron's got you covered it's all the official stuff just go over there and order from him, outmotoring.com. Super duper simple. And don't forget the ever-growing line of Aston Martin parts. I'm just saying brakes, done. Wheels, uh, performance clutch, uh, luggage. Um, I imagine there's probably a shirt or a hat in here, too, somewhere. Hand. Uh, air filter set. Uh, Aston Martin first aid kit for your Mini. I bet you that would fit in the Mini somewhere. 80 bucks, it's yours. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> or, I totally want that one. Or some Aston Martin lug nuts. Those are only $14, and they got the Aston Martin logo on them. Oh, that's perfect. Know. That's all you need. Done and done. Ooh, how about a gold Aston Martin Wings logo, logo badge for your, for your Mini? Anybody Ooh. want to take a guess at the price of that? Shiny. It's shiny. 100. Nah, try $1,200. <laughs> Aston Martin, oh dude. Come on now. Anyway, I'm, we're just kidding. He really does sell these Aston Martin parts, and if you need them, Aaron, I might imagine that's probably the going rate for the gold Aston Martin Wings logo badge. Um, but you don't need that. You need stuff for your mini. Go over to outmotoring.com if you'd be so kind. Like I said already, don't forget, make sure you sign up for the email newsletter. It's right there at the top of the page when you get there. Just punch in your email address and subscribe. Done and done. You get your own 5% discount code every month. Super awesome. You get the updates. So you don't have to listen to me. Read them off to you every month. Super awesome. You get free ground shipping on most orders, over $195. And he's still adding hundreds of parts every month. Just make outmotoring.com your uh, your parts desk. Done and done. Simple, simple, simple. You go to get your car repaired. Guy says, hey, I don't know where to get these parts. Just tell him to go over to outmotoring.com. He'll get you taken care of. I swear to God. Then, of course, our friend over at outmotoring, outmotoring.com, mini performance, speed, and seat gap filler for mini cooper yeah, that's right that's uh, outmotoring.com seat gap filler i don't need that. that that's a thing here it's on the side of the page seat gap filler what is this 
I don't know. Is it a little like piece of foam where you put in? You know, it's it's like a little piece of foam, and you put it between your seat and that little thing where the where the e brake goes on the F fifty six. It's a like a little like a little thing so that crap doesn't fall down between your seat and the and the hump. Yeah, that's actually kind of cool. Yeah. Hmm. That way, nothing falls down inside of there. Huh. Interesting. Go over there, check it all out. Outmotoring.com. And news music, please. That's me. <laughs> are we going to wait for Gabe or are we just going to go without him? Let's just go. Let's just yeah. do it. I like it. I like it. Um, I want to start first by pointing you guys out to your podcast app once again. And I want you to look at that fine image of that very sexy ass end of that uh, digital blue Mini Cooper Clubman with the very fancy beer-inspired license plate and the bicycle on the license plate frame. That's our man, Mark Goodman. He sent that over to us. He posted that on the Facebook page, actually. Um, and because he posted on the Facebook page, I made it this week's image for the show. If you want a picture of your Mini to be the uh, album cover for White Roof Radio, all you have to do is at Reply Us on Twitter or Instagram, or White Roof Radio on both, or upload it to the Facebook page. Or if you're fancy, you can do it over on the Patreon page, and we'll make that the next show image. Done and done. Simple. Piece of cake. Thanks, Mark, for sending that over. Now we can get started. We have some news. Um, yeah. Before we speaking actually, of Wire Radio Facebook, speaking of Wire Radio Facebook page, really quick though, if you haven't yet, and I'm sure you have because it's been a couple weeks, but click over to MotoringFile.com, and there you will find the Mini Countryman Photo Gallery and Full Presser. So anything that you want to know about the new countryman is all over at motoring file in one post and not only that but like all the press photos all the really amazing pictures the ones you want to make your your desktop background on your computer yeah all over there at motoringfile.com i'll link this one up in the show notes and they are high res enough where you can do that yeah they're really there's some really nice pictures i really like that blue that is so nice and i'm so jealous of everybody who's in thermal and palm springs this week and next getting getting to drive this car yeah, I was going to say, for the, the whole second half of February, they've been running all kinds of different dealer and mini training out there at the uh, thermal track outside Palm Springs. Yes. So, you know, somebody, they're, they're sending, like, sales managers, top salespeople, and service people. Our man Brian's going um, this week as yeah. well. He'll, he'll be telling us about that next time we gather for show 616. Awesome. Or 617, awesome. excuse me. Yeah. And I, and I think just for the record, we have to say that uh, if Patrick or Rob are, are listening to this week's show, it, we would be it would be really nice if we could get invited to the Countryman Press event this year. <laughs> yes, it would be. Like really... we all we, we all actually like the car a lot, like from what we've seen yeah. in the pictures, and we would love to be uh, to be able to drive it for a couple of days. It'd be really cool. That would be really cool. I would have to agree with Alex this time, uh, Rob or. Yep. Go ahead. We'd be able to sell the cars better if we uh, get to drive them. Yeah. Uh, exactly. I mean, which is which is which is a fact. We do sell cars, like we do uh, manage to get people at, to buy cars. At, yeah, just go look at iTunes. We've got so many iTunes reviews over the years of people who are like, you know what? I listened to your show for two or three years before uh, I bought a mini, and I finally bought a mini. We get messages like this all the time. Time, yeah, yeah. Don't buy cars to people yes. who so, who uh, don't don't own them yeah. and listen to the show, which I think is is uh, is great. By the way. That's really and, awesome for you out there who don't own minis yet still listen to the show. Thank you. Yeah. We've even got listeners who used to have minis and still listen to the show. 
Yeah, that's yeah, just, that, old habits are hard to break. <laughs> yeah, and, and doesn't even account for all the friends and families that, you know, come to us and ask you for questions about minis, even though they don't necessarily listen to the show. Like, they know we're big fans of the brand, and so they always uh, use us as, uh, you know, we kind of act as evangelists, I guess, for the brand, even though we, we haven't been always, you know, nice, but always honest over the past few months. But, uh, uh, yes, we still love the hey, brand very much. My sister's family alone has bought three minis. Uh, See? in her family over the last four years. Nice. Yeah, me, they, we bought just two. My sister bought one uh, a Cooper four months ago. My mom bought a Clement two months ago. So, uh, I mean, yeah. I, Todd by himself has bought like a dozen. So, I mean, honestly. <laughs> Which is, I'm on number seven for the record. On that note, like it's been a while since you bought one. So what's up with that? <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, the Countryman isn't out yet. I, I got to say my, my lady friend was disgusting. <laughs> He's like, she got a new job that's only six miles away. Ah. And um, he's she like, no, an SUV to get there. Yeah, maybe, well, maybe the high, actually, she was thinking about maybe the uh, the hybrid countryman. Uh, oh, yeah. available Later this year. But we kind of want to get through one more year and enjoy the Roadster. Mm-hmm. Which I, I have to say, um, we're going on a year now. And uh, it is absolutely a brilliant car. Absolutely brilliant. And. I will talk about it later when I talk about the, the convertible, the new convertible JCW convertible. Because I'm comparing it to what I drive on a daily basis, my JCW hardtop, F56. Right. And, you know, what I usually drive on the weekends is a 2013 Cooper S Roadster with all the JCW bits and the JCW uh, upgrade. It's a factory race car. Come on. So, yeah, yeah. So between those, those two cars that I normally drive against the JCW convertible... I think I've got a pretty good perspective, but my whole point is now, for as far as cars around here and buying new cars, we like the two that we have, and uh, we're going to keep them for at least another year. Not, I'm not planning on changing. Okay, good deal. So anyway, Todd, you're going to say, speaking of Facebook. Yes, uh, speaking of Facebook. We you guys probably caught this over on our Facebook page. Yeah, over on our Facebook page, and, and I'm sure by the time you hear this, it may or may not be on Motoring File. Gabe's going to get here. We're going <laughs> to... He's going to miss out. Um, that Tom Noble, who was the, and I'm going to say the uh, his official title wrong. He's basically head of marketing at Mini USA. Um, his official title was department head Mini Brand Communications. Correct. He's no longer at Mini USA. Uh, he's left the company, and right now, call it in the interim. The official word is in the interim. Pat McKenna. Good friend of the show. Hi, Pat. Our, our dear okay. friend, Pat McKenna. One of the funniest <laughs> men on the planet, by the way. Yeah. Great Irish accent. Yes. Scottish accent? I don't know which one Yes, both. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We've uh, uh, been good friends with, with Patrick McKenna for quite a few years. He's currently department head of mini product planning and after sales at Mini USA. And he's right. still in that position, but he's going to be filling in, pulling kind of double duty in the interim, I think, in, until they find somebody new to, uh, you know, fill in with uh with marketing right and it'll be interesting as soon as gabe figures out his password for uh the account to get logged in here (laughs) take on this but um i think it's interesting because because tom had been in the position right at two years yeah Uh, it was announced that he was taking the position moving from australia in november of 2014 Mm -hmm. but i'm pretty sure he started in january of uh no that would have been yeah that would have been right that's two years until right. January 2017, which is not too bad. I mean, most most people at 
at Mini and BMW move around about once every two to three years. Right. But we don't. We have not heard, have not confirmed if he went somewhere else within the BMW brand. I, mm. I don't think so, but I can't. Uh, I, I cannot confirm. That. Cannot confirm nor deny. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, big news. I mean, we've got. <laughs> We, we we lost our head of marketing for yeah yeah it's I don't it's weird thoughts Alex <laughs> yeah my first thought is like what the heck Todd you didn't put this on motoring file first like this is just unacceptable <laughs> <laughs> uh, second thought uh, so now so we don't have a head of design in Germany and now we don't have a head of marketing in the U S well we do Pat's filling in and Pat's going to well, do his job in the meantime because. He came from marketing over at BMW, and Pat knows the brand as good as anybody in the company. He does. He does. He does. It's just that. Um, no, it's just. Well, it's just an interesting, you know, fact. Like it's, you know, like since the, I guess since the F generation, like no one has been really able to crack like what is the right marketing combination or the right marketing message for the U.S. Uh, and the proof of that is is this is the level of sales, obviously. Uh, the price of gas uh, um, has to do something with it, with the fact that you know minis are not selling as well as they used to. Mm-hmm. But I think also there's a huge part that has to do with uh, with marketing. And um, and I think I said this before uh, before on the show. Uh, I am guessing that mini is mostly targeting people of of my generation, my generation that doesn't really watch TV anymore, or at least right. not uh, not, not traditional, traditional TV. Like, correct. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, to give you an example, I, I've been uh, in Boston for a few days now. Uh, I'm staying at a hotel, and so I have TV in my room, mm-hmm. and so I put on CNN and, and and MSNBC and stuff. And so I see all of those ads that I never see <laughs> like ever. <laughs> and so it's just it's just it's just like you know, I I saw an ad for BMW like 30 minutes ago, um, and, and those ads are like not first of all they are not great. They they look like any Toyota or any like you know Honda uh, advertisement, right. uh, and second of all, like people again like going back to my original point, like people like me don't see those ads, uh, which is which is kind of kind of sad. So we're wondering like where is Mini marketing you know getting to the people they want to sell the the stuff to? And then I read the uh, <clears throat> the description of Tom uh, Tom Noble's responsibilities on the on LinkedIn, uh, and, and one of the things is uh development and delivery of digital and social media programs right like uh, i don't know what were those media programs in the last two years like i, I have no idea what they were honestly and yeah. i'm not trying to uh, bring the guy down like you know nobody i think he most likely got let go but it's just like for me this is like you expect to reach the people like me like online i'm guessing right uh, i haven't seen any of those programs right uh, it, it there's been a lot of um uh, a lot of ads that pop up. They're they're pretty good with the the ad words at various sites because I see I'm advertised minis everywhere I go. Um, it's very it's a very targeted. The problem is it's like yeah they rely on targeted advertising in a way that is like kind of sort of self fulfilling. Ladies and it gentlemen, is, Mr. Gabe Bridger, I'm not I'm on the, I'm on the market for a mini. I'm on my seventh one. I don't need one. I don't want to see those ads. I ignore them. <laughs> You know, for, for the most part. But but I think the point, Alex, that I want to uh, kind of coattail under there, and welcome, Gabe, to the show. We're talking about Tom Noble's, you know, leaving Mini USA now. We've this been, is not being recorded, I assume. It is no, this recorded. is. We've now confirmed that it's official. Um, Patrick McKenna is officially in the interim taking over 
the uh, brand communications role at Mini USA. So, That's awesome. Well, uh, I mean, congratulations to to Pat. He's obviously a a bright yeah. young man. But he's gonna. <laughs> but here's the thing, Gabe, is he's gonna pull double duty for a while. I think this is just the yeah. interim. I don't think it's gonna be like. I don't, I don't think he's shifting over necessarily. But we don't know for sure. It, it was, yeah. yeah. The official word was in the interim, which means temporary to me. <laughs> But but double duty like I'm always like again like Pat is doing like a fantastic job right but I'm uh, always wondering like you know from the discussions we have with those guys uh, you know like the level of decision making that they actually have over the product really like the product because at the end of the day like what they it's mostly driven by and I could be wrong like Gabe correct me if I'm wrong uh, those product decisions are mostly driven by many of Germany what the US gets to choose is like the the packages and the and the mix of options and standard. Are you, uh, you know. are you talking about the advertising campaigns? No, about like no. the product, like what oh, what the product, the product yeah. team in the US actually has to manage, and, and and looking at it, like is it really like double duty? Like uh, I don't know, you know. Yeah. There's... So there's a couple things there. So it's it it's um so Pat has a very very full time job in that. Mini USA um is because it's such a large market. market. Uh, it's not the largest anymore, but it is large. It does drive product development. Um, awesome. It has changed course for many and many products. I mean, to be really specific, the current F56 is is the size it is because of the U.S. market. Right. So it's yeah. So I think I think there's no question that there's a a big driver um, as far as product in in you know inside Mini USA and powered by Mini USA. I think that once that is done, then you've got folks who define that product. And then you've got folks who create programs, if you will, mm. and, and product uh, allotment, assortment, et cetera, that then different markets get to pick and choose from and still give feedback. But at that point, you know, you are trying to hone the product for your market. Got it. That makes yeah. Sense. And, and and now with and I think the, the point I was about to make to Alex, with the kind of co-telling and what you said, I think it's kind of been an impossible job for marketing in the U.S. And this is something that. Uh, for the last, well, since 2014, and actually since really like 2013, um, Mini's marketing campaigns have been global, okay? So a lot of the targets and the direction of marketing has been a global push. We're getting the same ads and the same kind of, you know, marketing push around the world. It's, yeah, what, so what it is is it's basically you know, there's a core there's a core message. You know, there's, there's like a core... Uh, value proposition and a core marketing message that's defined for each product, and then that as as your your sort of your your core um, program, if you will, for each product is then carried out potentially differently for each market. If markets want to pick up the creative and pick up the marketing um, defined by by many in Germany or sort of I should say mini global uh, they can do that and it's obviously it's a lot uh, more cost effective for them to do that right so i think you know just expanding on that a little bit todd i think you know there's been a assimilation to assimilation to um to the marketing across region and across uh country now i mean i think that begs the question is that less effective we yes. know it's not more effective because sales are down. <laughs> yeah, sales number will tell you the rest of the world is doing very well sales-wise. In fact, many global sales are up month over month after month. They've right. been up, and the U.S. numbers have been down for the last six months straight. So, so we also know 
I mean, and I think we've we've established that there's there's a huge, um, you know, part of that is a, is associated with fuel costs and the general automotive buying climate in the United States. So I think there's compounding issues at play. Right, right. We're not going to. I'm not going to blame it completely on marketing. There's there's a lot of factors yeah. involved here, but marketing is definitely one of them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think you know, you look at small cars it's down across the board, but I think that it's safe to say that. Um, you know the marketing of Mini in in the United States is not as interesting or inventive as it once was. Does that seem fair? Yes. Yeah, it is. It I would is very, very much fair. say that is fair. Yeah. So I think. I mean, I guess I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of coming at it from a different angle, but coming to a similar conclusion, Todd. Uh, yeah. 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 No. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I really want to know: Are small car sales? Yeah, they're down for American car companies, but let's say uh, Toyota and Honda, for example. Are their small small car sales down too? I, I would venture a guess to say yes, but not as much as they are for um, a lot of truly American car companies and companies like Mini. Um, you know, as far as the small cars, it seems yeah, like but it's, a lot of but, Civics on the road today. But you keep in mind, Todd, yeah. nobody makes Honda does not make a car as small as the Mini hatch. No. Yeah, it does. The yeah, the, the, Mini, the the Honda Fit. The, the fit is about as close as it gets. No, it's not. It's not. Yeah, it's not as small. Really? It's, it's the size yeah, of a Clubman, the new fit. The new wow. fit? No, it's not. It's totally, it's not the size of a Clubman. I drive one like every other week because I, we run them like as a group for work mm. to go to clients. It's, I can tell you wow. it's not. It's all, it's, it's, it's between, down. am I, you guys can hear me? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm just giving you a time to keep going. Yeah, it's between the uh, it's between the it's somewhere close to the very close to the uh, four door. It's bigger than the four door. I know that. So the the Honda the Clubman is uh, is uh, eight inches longer than the Fit. So wow. it's closer to the Clubman than it is the four door. Okay. So it's, anyway, it's also I, the same the same width more or less. So I guess my my point is like Mini the Mini's bread and butter is is a truly small car, whereas yes. I think. Some of these other manufacturers don't have what I'd call a truly small car. I would, I would agree with Gabe. On, I would, is, I would agree with Gabe on it because the Fiesta's gotten up to what I consider to be focus size at this point. The Jetta's no longer a small car. GTI's not small anymore. GTI's not small. At all. So you have to go to the Polo, which is an offer in the United States, right? To, to see something that matches the the Mini or or the Up, the VW Up, right? Or, yeah. or I mean, even the the Chevy Sonic's not even that small anymore. But see, here's the thing: is is let's let's rewind back also, and it's hard to hard to compare it. But let's rewind back to 2002, when once again nobody was really buying small cars, and Mini came on the scene and made yeah. small cars cool. Right. Okay. They made it cool in a lot of ways. That's they, a really good point, Todd. They they did a really cheeky marketing campaign, if you will. It was just kind of off the wall for automotive marketing in the U.S. It took everybody kind of by surprise. And I think my point that I'm trying to get to is that we're kind of in the same situation now. It's time to reinvent the brand, and they tried to do it with the upscale premium. Hey, hipster malarkey. Yeah, yeah hips, the hipster malarkey, if you will. The upscale. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, to steal a line from July. I'm only Mac. laughing because I don't, I don't, I'm not entirely sure what that means. I think it's smart. I think that moving it. I think moving the brand overtly up market is smart. I think it's the execution because when you right. look at it, that's what they did in 2002, 2003. There's Absolutely. no, the, the actual strategy is not that different. It's just the execution that's different. Right, right. And I think that's what's got to change inherently in the U.S. And hey, it's working for the rest of the world. Great. 
let's rethink the whole marketing push in the U.S. because dealers are dying on the vine right now. They're, they're not going to survive much longer unless something changes. And that something is in the form of the new countryman. Yes, that's a, it's, a, it's a great car, and it's going to get a lot of people in dealers, and it's going to sell fairly well. But I agree. how do you get the message out there? Because the message has kind of gotten stale. We're on year number four right now. Yeah, of, yeah. of a, a, what I call a stale messaging wow. and a, a kind of turnoff. And we're losing a lot of the core of people who have been around as long as us, bought three and four, five, six, seven minis that I <laughs> now are leaving. They're buying, you know, they're, hey, I'm going to go buy a CX-5, okay? Right. I'm going to go buy a GTI. I'm going to go, you know, explore, put my toes in these water. I've actually seen people, it makes me physically ill, go buy a juke. A Nissan. Oh. <laughs> I, I'm left scratching my head over this, but I'm not kidding you. I I know many people who have done this. They've left the brand because they're like, I don't like the design direction. I don't really like the, you know, it's still a good car, but something it just doesn't speak to me like it did 2002 to say 2013. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've actually had conversations with people, and they're saying this, and I'm going, okay. I think we've got enough time now. We've got the last four years since late 2013, early 2014. Coming into now, we're in our fourth year of this, to go, we've got enough data now to make that decision uh, from a marketing mm-hmm. standpoint to go, this has to go in a different direction because it's not, you know, Gabe, I think you, what you said was back in 2014 is you need to give it time. We didn't, we kind yeah. of didn't like it at the time. And you're like, you know what? I think it's the right direction. We need to give it time. Well, what are your thoughts now? I, I think it's still. I mean, here, here's the deal. Like when you hindsight is is wonderful, um, and 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 time is wonderful when it comes to advertising, yeah. because you 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 get a chance to look at demographic like uh, movement, if you will, and and I think you made a you made the point, and that's a really good one. A couple shows ago, that the average um, price of a mini is actually down. If you factor in inflation, right. but the average salary or average household income in the United States for I don't know whatever you phrased it, Todd, for the oh for those making under hundred thousand dollars is actually down. Is that right? Yeah, it's been stagnant. It's actually less. Stagnant. That's it's, right. So for inflation, we're making less money. Right. Our money goes less far. It's a, statistically speaking, yeah. So I think I think that there's there's some demographic shifts that are happening that have happened that that are you know a factor. Okay, so that's a truth. Number two, it's still a European car. It's still expensive to make. It's still it still occupies a premium part of the market. So Mini has from the very beginning sold a car for more uh, than than its its uh, you know its direct competition, right. um, making less power and offering less as far as whatever I'm you know whatever you want. That's just kind of a, a fact. And so there's still kind of dealing with the same equation and they kind of dealt with early on that by talking about the product talking about the attributes and being different like radically different well you can't be radically different anymore with the current mix and i'm not sure the public would want that who knows but i will say they were they were selling an upmarket product Mm -hmm. today they're selling an upmarket product so you know there i think their their strategy of of trying to define it as up market isn't wrong i'd still come back to i don't think it's executed as well as it should be well so, I, so I got a question for you guys like the the uh 
like the, the product obviously is working outside of the US. So the, the product, what it is, it, it's working outside uh, the country because of the sales numbers that we see like every month. Like it's pretty much like up like every single month, right? So I, I know we've been talking about marketing a lot, but do you think despite building a car basically on JD Power reviews, like do you think the product is actually what people want? Like at the end of the day, like is does the product like is there a market product fit or product market fit? Forget I forget which way it is. Uh, for 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 Mini in the US, with especially with the E fifty six and the E fifty four. I think you have to take a step back, Alex, and go to something you said a couple of months ago. And this was the smartest thing, and we need to keep coming back to this. And that is that in the rest of the world, there are minis that are cheaper, less expensive than they are here. In the yeah, the one, the yeah, one, the yeah. one, and the, the, one, the yeah. most common minis and what they sell more of in the rest of the world are less expensive. We don't get those less expensive minis here. Well, Tom, I mean, Tom, I don't you think know they'd why. sell. Like, I mean, maybe they'll sell. Maybe they Maybe. won't. BMW won't make money on those cars. Right. I mean, they don't really technically. I would say it, 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 it's it's up for debate whether they make money on a no option Cooper as it is. Right. So, do you bring in a car that's going to lose you even more money um, just to pad sales numbers? No, I'm not saying that that's the way to do it. I'm just saying that sales numbers are up, and so it's a it's a combination of that and what we just said about people. They're really in reality. The, the middle class buyers were losing them because they're not making any more money, comparatively, you know, inflation adjusted money. The cars have gotten, you know, really not that much more expensive, but time has passed. And everybody looks at, for example, this JCW convertible that I drove this week at $47,000. And yeah, you don't have to buy a $47,000 mini. You can go buy one that's 26 to 30 easily. But. We know the people who like the cars and like driving them, and they just kind of look at it and feel dejected and go, I can't afford, you know, that kind of money I want for the car I want. So I'm going to go settle for something else and spend my money on, you know, in other ways. And to be frank, like other cars are not that cheap. I mean, you know, the Mini is, is, is expensive in itself. But like if you've got other brands, even Japanese brands, like cars are not that cheap. I know. They are actually kind of expensive. I mean, you yeah, know, it's, it's stupid because they go out and buy, they look at a Honda CRV and they go, oh, it's going to be, it's less expensive. No, it's really not. You're going to pay twenty six, twenty eight dollars yeah. for, yeah. you know, a CRV. And you're like, well, go get a new countryman for that. Now, yeah. I, I yeah. just did some quick math and you really can't use this because it's pounds to dollar, but the Mini 1 starts uh, has a starting price of uh, 14,000 pounds which is roughly $17,500. Well, we're down to 1 to 1 now, DB. Are we, well, yeah, it's, well it's, we're not because 14 scary. 14 changes to 17. So it's 17 grand US whereas the Mini Cooper, the regular Mini Cooper starts at 20,950 or something, right? So mm-hmm. I mean 22. Yeah, so I mean if they had so they don't have a car that starts no, the mini hardtop two door starts at twenty thousand nine hundred twenty one grand. So guys, I so think that's four grand. Here's less. my take on this. Huge deal. If we want to take if we want to talk about products and, and lowering prices, I actually think that it would be wrong for many to look at the bottom end of the market. I think what uh, they're missing is something between the Cooper and the Cooper S right. that is a greater value from a performance perspective. Yeah, I don't think we're talking about like like you know decreasing the price of the of the or you know talking about price. Like I totally agree with you, Gabe. Like they should not be chasing like like uh, they should not be chasing down like race right. to the bottom. Like this is not gonna get you. Uh, it's not gonna get them anywhere. It's a species, It's really not where BMW wants to be, anyways. 
but like there is something with the product that is not that is that is not there for the U.S. market. And don't get me wrong, that was by no means my point to to saying that. My point was <laughs> the rest of the world's doing okay, and and the U.S. isn't. But there's a reason for it that it's not really a one to one. Okay, so my point wasn't so much that we need to be selling cheaper cars. It's that we're not really selling the same things. Okay, so so take that, set that aside for now. And go, yes, Gabe, I agree with you. I think what they've got to do is market this like they did in 2002 and 2003 and go, this is way more expensive than your average Honda Civic. You can go buy, you know, Honda Civic that's a roughly the same size car and blah, 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 reliability. It's not as premium. But people came and they bought minis in droves. Right. They bought mm-hmm. tops in droves. Well, you, you say that, though, Todd. I mean, look at the numbers. Like, I, I agree with you, considering that in 2001, it was zero. In 2002, it was like 22,000. But it wasn't as much as, as we sell now. Right. Well, no, let's let's put it this way. Of hardtops alone, and this is a scary thing yeah. to think about. Hardtops alone, let's just use 2004, 2005 as an example. Mini was selling roughly, what, 40,000, 40 to, 40 to you know, 45 to 50, 50, wasn't it, in the States? Yeah, 40 to 50,000 hardtops a year. In its heyday back 2004, 2005. You want to know how many hardtops they sell, two-door hardtops they sell now? A year? Let's hear it. A year? It is. Uh, it was on Motoring File, by the way. And here, I'm going to do the quick math <laughs> for you. It gave, was... We gave Brian a hard time because he linked up a story that wasn't on BimmerFile.com. So you really should pay attention to MotoringFile.com. <laughs> You're going to shock. It's just You're talking to me? Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just over 10,000. No, 10, one. But it's twenty percent of what they did. So, yeah, but I'm with Gabe. So, though. there should so, be something in between the Cooper and the Cooper S and the hardtop line. So yeah, you're saying, I think Gabe? it's it's a tough one. I agree with. I mean, obviously, I agree with that. Do you since I mentioned it? But I think it's a tough one, uh, Todd, because it's there's so so much like compounding data in this because there is there's so much dramatic shift in people buying small crossovers, and so. You know, how many people, and we'll never know the answer, how many people would have theoretically, if the climate was totally different, looked at the F56 as a product and said, I will buy that because I want a small car and because I don't even know about crossovers and I don't want a crossover in 2017. How many, how, what that number would be, we have no idea. And so it's, it's so tough to know. But one, it, one thing is certain, and to your point, many cannot rely on that product to move you know, a majority of its of its sales yep. in the United yep. States. Agreed. Right. Because a majority of sales of cars in the United States are the mid-sized cross, crossovers yeah. where the Countryman fits right in. Yeah. Countryman is the sweet spot of all car sales in the U.S. Right? Yeah, I think I've mentioned this before. I can't swing a dead cat where I live here in Arizona without hitting a Honda CRV. Hmm? So, yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing, though. Like, I, I think where Mini is going to, I mean, you know, this is going to sound terrible. The Countryman's small for its market, which I think we'd all say it should be, and that's great. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, we, we think about Rewind to 2010 when the first Countryman came out. Everybody's like, hey, this is great. Wow, that's a huge Mini. I can't believe it. Then everybody else who didn't know Mini is like, man, that's a really small crossover. <laughs> and, you know, and I think that, like, the scale has slid even further, and I think we're saying the same thing. Wow, that's a huge Mini. I can't believe it's, you know, like – over well over four meters long etc cetera, etc cetera. and everybody else looks at it and it's like well why like that's so small like why would i not just get a bmw x1 or or a honda cv or or, or cr whatever it's called yeah the yeah. crv yeah well because the x1 is not a very good car you said gabe before 
Well, I, I got to tell you this: the difference. Well, I'm saying, but here's the deal. I come back to this: it's you have to market the product in a way that makes people have this just desire. Yes. You know, this overwhelming want. Yes. To buy something, whether it's different, whether it's performance, whether it's style, but you want to own it. This car and a puppy at the, your local park, and you're going to get some. <laughs> because I tell you, this, <laughs> I tell you one thing: Mini is not marketing on anymore, and because it's it's become irrelevant. And it was the very first thing you said, Gabe. It's the cost of gas. It's the cost of fuel. Mini doesn't even mm-hmm. list the fuel economies of number any, on the of their vehicles, yeah. any of their vehicles on MiniUSA.com right now. They're not listed at all. Yeah. So there's a shocker for you that we can. Hey, Pat McKenna, if you're listening, why? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's okay. I, mean, I think the answer is people don't hashtag because Google. Yeah, because the answer straightforward. I mean, nobody really cares that much. Yeah, people don't shop by that right now because gas is still hovering around between two and three dollars a gallon wherever you are. I just filled up my car. I was on empty, empty. I had like eleven miles left on the clock, and I kid you not, I filled it up with premium with ethanol free premium i believe for 25 bucks what yeah i'm not kidding it, it was it was empty empty and i filled it up for like 25 dollars and change yeah you got cheap gas you know what's yeah. really interesting is i'm back at the i'm back at mini.co.uk again and on the first page when you go to the model page for each of the models the yeah. very first thing you see is an image of the car the very next thing you see is like an information line and on that information line right smack dab in the center right after the the emissions is the miles per gallon. Actually, it goes yeah, horsepower, well, emissions, because CO2 is a big deal over there. So it goes horsepower, CO2, and then the combined miles per gallon. Well, yeah, so, what it's worth, so, so in France, uh, like, you, you have uh, you have like ratings like like we have in the U.S. right for CO2 emissions, and uh, so depending on the on the on the bracket you're in, you're gonna get taxed. Right. There's, that's one thing, and then the the other thing is that uh, gas is in Europe is much more expensive. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, for the record, right, three fifty-eight for Ouch! Really? Today, dude, that's like a, that's a dollar more than Arizona, at least maybe maybe more. Ooh, that's twenty Jeez. cents more than uh, thirty cents more than in California. Yikes! <laughs> but hey, wait! I live in Middle America. Middle America elected Donald Trump for some god unforeseen reason. <laughs> well, dude, I'm well. Uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, yes, yes. Yeah, but hey, you get that, cheap gas out of jail, so. <laughs> So clearly, uh, clearly, there's a disconnect here. But anyway, I, I digress. Well, you know, there's yeah, there's there's a lot of reasons for it. But I guess the, the 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 point there is that there's a there's a very different mentality for the for the U.S. shopper right now, and that does not fall into the hands of a car of of a good car that is marketed in a fairly mundane way. Right. I hate so, to say that, but yeah. So I think it's going to take a new and and Gabe. You're in marketing, so you you get this. I think we all agree that it's going to take a revolution um, in in marketing push for many to really kind of reinvent itself again. I mean, they tried to do it in 2014 with the whole brand. They they rebranded, changed the logo, got rid of the black, everything went white, which is great. I, I think they can stick with all of that. All of that branding is good, but I think something about the philosophy and what they're trying to sell. I I really think they need to get back to selling the feeling this car gives you because I get in my Mini every day and I love it. My 2016. Well, I think, okay, so you hit something there, Todd. I, I, I think what they've done visually is is, is fine. Right. Um, I, I kind of like it, actually. Uh, and and the old the old sort of visuals, the old brand had, had run its course in a way. But the point is that, 
you know, they've walked away from marketing the very thing that still to this day is an ownable aspect of their brand, which is fun to drive, which is excitement, which mm-hmm. is unlike anything else in the marketplace within its segment. When I get in an X1, it feels a certain way. It feels not that different than other well, you know, sort of engineered front wheel drive based crossovers. When I get in my club in, there is a different feel. It's alive. It, I mean, it, it is immediately more interesting than the X1. It's immediately more interesting than, than any other car in segment I've ever driven. Is it as, you know, quick to turn in as the R53? Of course not. But it is absolutely the R53 of the, you know, big hatchback, you know, segment of 2017. There's no question. And so I think Mini is missing that. Like Mini is missing, you know, the fact that their cars still do that. They should, well, they should be talking about that. Yeah, they really should, and the, and the glory of it too is, Gabe. You can go all the way from the the most basic of uh, of cars of minis that you can buy. You know, the least expensive Cooper, um, minimally equipped, is still more fun to drive than your average Honda Fit. Alex, tell me, do you agree with that? So uh, the Honda Fit is actually super fun to drive, <laughs> but not as much fun as a Mini. Come on! No, 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 no. Let's be frank here. It's not. But when you push it, like, but it's super I mean, fun to you... drive. Let me tell you why. Because it reminds me of like the current Fit reminds me of my old like R50, like the the one day that I have in that we actually still have in France because uh, we managed to actually fix it after the the gas issue. Um, and so it's like, it's as fun to drive, but like my mini is falling in ruin. Right. And so the, the Honda fit is like, it's a brand new car. So like the, the rawness of it is, is, is kind of the same, uh, meaning that the, the Honda fit like is not, is not a nice car, but it's still kind of fun to drive because it's kind of, it's kind of raw in its, in its way, but it's, it's not, it's not like you can't compare like a Honda fit to a mini, even though the size is almost the same by an inch, Gabe. Um, <laughs> it's it's uh it's it's not you can't compare the two like but so I, I don't know if someone would ever cross up like a fit against a mini that would be really no, cool. so not. I mean when I push my club in I mean I, I I push it to the limit of adhesion I let off I get lift off oversteer like that's awesome you know like that I mean, awesome. it, it's it's designed you know it's designed and engineered in a way that other products are not within that segment. And we just don't like we just don't see or hear many talking about that in a real tangible way. No, you really don't. And I think uh, I saw an ad. I want to say it was for Mazda. Mazda's got some really good marketing right now for their vehicles. Yeah, they do. Because and they've got some attractive cars. They do. They, they do. They're getting better. They've really kind of improved the front end. But the but the point of their marketing is is they they show somebody driving the car and somebody having fun driving it and they're like it's the way even the the tagline is it's the way it makes you feel when you press the accelerator okay that is that is brilliant that is genius everybody wants to feel that it, you know driving around on a 75 degree day and it's sunny and the windows down and your tunes are on and you punch it and the car goes and it feels it makes you feel alive that is what the mini has been about since 1959, really, not since 2002, but here in the U.S. since 2002, we've all experienced it. We've had we've we've owned these cars for 15 years, so I think we all agree. Getting back to the core of that, and my point of you know when I said from the most basic Cooper, the nice thing is is you can go all the way up to the high end of JCW, and there's a big disparity in price there. 
23,000 to 50,000 practically mm-hmm. and have anywhere in between there to find something to satisfy you. I think that's, that's <clears throat> what they were hoping to get. That's where many has been hoping to get. And now they're there. Now it's time to let people know. Hey, I, 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 go ahead. Sorry. I don't finish. Yeah, no, no, I just think now it's time to let people know, Hey, this isn't just this car because we've, we've of course realized, Hey, there needs to be more than just a two door hardtop. So you have this whole line of cars now and, Look, come come test drive. We'll find something that that you will love. But so on the excitement part, like the, the interesting thing is that I, I do not think it's a mini thing. I, I do not think like mini is on purpose, like kind of dropping the ball on, on like the old excitement part of the product. I, I think it's actually a BMW group thing. I was looking uh, as I was telling you guys, like I was looking at a at CNN and there was a, an ad for the X3, and so the ad started exactly this way. Yes, it's an SUV. You can go on muddy roads with it, but you really don't want to do that. You want to be like drive comfortable on like well paved road. It's like, what is this? Is that that's that's a? And then they said at the end of the the ad like the ultimate driving machine. I'm sorry, but it's not <laughs> <laughs> like there is like a mis a misconnect disconnect between ultimate driving machine and telling me that you actually shouldn't be doing any like off roading with this car and and drive on like on really nice flat pavement. Uh, it's it's like a, it's kind of boring. It's kind of so boring. Saying, car. Even the even the voice of Captain Kirk doesn't make you want to buy an X three. <laughs> nope, it doesn't. Because <laughs> I have to say, I mean, still Chris Pine, um, who plays Captain Kirk in the new Star Wars movies, he is the voice of BMW right now on those commercials, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. good. But it's still not quite as effective as I would say uh, uh, John Hamm is for Mercedes. For Mercedes. Every time, oh, yeah. every so time I see a Mercedes ad, I want to go buy a Mercedes just because <laughs> it's just like Donald Draper is talking to you. <laughs> go yeah. buy it. It's like, oh, on a Mercedes all of a sudden. That's <laughs> <laughs> so exciting. Or, you know, even The Rock and The Rock's doing, what's the voiceover he doing? He's doing voiceovers right now for what? Uh, Kia or something? Hyundai? Yeah. Uh, I want to say he's doing for Chevrolet. It's either Ford or Chevrolet. It was Ford or Chevy. I remember because I'm just going. Wait a minute. I mean, because yeah. I mean, you're missing the obvious one, the the game changer in the voiceover in the in the selling cars business, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's just. Well, no, I mean, he, gave, he can't say, get. Like, he, we can't give him voiceover credit that. because he Lincoln. stars in the commercials. It's become a uh, you know. Well, and they're kind of. Uh, I mean, all I'm saying is. He, as a, as a spokesperson, has been, um, I would say, rather successful. Rather successful for, Link, for, for Lincoln turning it into something that everybody kind of goes, it's really? Something. I mean, you kind of made fun of it at first, but now you really want to go, I actually see quite a few of those on the road. People must like them. Yeah. I, I mean, or, they, or, or the lease deals are good. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. But I also, I, here's another way you can tell whether people like the cars long term or not. Just go to, to, you know, log on to CarMax sometime and see what they've got the most of. That's right. And they, they have a lot of Lincolns on CarMax. <laughs> There's a they lot have of, a lot of, wait, what'd you say? They have a lot of Lincolns on, uh, on <laughs> Oh, yeah, sure. It's sure. not a long-term kind of thing for people. And there's a lot of cars that are like that. Mustangs. There's a lot of Mustangs on CarMax. A lot of Camaros. It's a fun car for a little while, but it's not a long-term car. Mini, on the other hand, I think it's a long-term fun car. We've been driving these cars for 15 years, and we all still like to drive them. Uh, now, even though mine know. still keeps continuing to be super duper fully party, I still like to drive it. Yeah, yeah. But it's nothing I, mean, I can't fix with a five dollar tube of Gorilla Glue. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, I'm sure the the whole marketing discussion will, will go on, and we, you know, 
we'll continue here because it's it's bound to change. It's kind of it, it it needs to, it has to, because sales can't continue where they are. So yeah. something's got to give here, and and the cars aren't going to get any cheaper. We agree on that. So, and speaking of cheap cars. I get to talk about the car that I've been driving for the last few days. Yeah, so we're going to start talking a lot about cars here. So Todd's going to talk about the JCW uh, convertible. Gabe's probably going to chime in. And then don't forget, guys, uh, coming up with Wolfcast number 617, we're going to get Brian Dallas on, who's going to have some extended time in the Countryman and uh, JCW car on the track in Thermal. By the way, the cool thing I want to talk to Brian about the Countryman is, you know, there's like a there's a secret they don't have a secret compartment like they have in the uh, R56. The secret yeah. compartment for the Countryman is under the driver's seat. Oh. It's almost like a little flip-down gun compartment, but it's not deep enough for a weapon. So. Oh, very cool. Very cool. So, so Todd, you, you, you guys are pricing the picture. Todd's got two red JCW cars in his driveway because apparently he's, like, won the lottery or something. No, not really. <laughs> um, one of them is a JCW race car, and the other one is a JCW convertible. Todd, go. Yes. Yes, yeah, so um, I uh, have had the pleasure of having this JCW convertible for a few days. This car, I'm just going to tell you right now, priced out at forty. Did I say forty six thousand and change? Forty seven. That's how we started the show. It was a forty seven thousand dollar JCW. Yep, just under forty seven thousand. So this car has pretty much everything on it. You know, backup camera, driver assist, navigation, Harman Kardon. It's got the nineteen hundred fifty dollar JCW Dynamica seats. Um, it's gorgeous. It's got head-up display. Absolutely, absolutely lovely car to drive. And um, I have to say, and it was an automatic. Okay, so it had the sport, the the six-speed automatic transmission with the sport paddle shift. And I'm going to talk about that first because that seems to be what everybody asked me over on Facebook and Twitter. They're like, "Wait, what do you think of the automatic? What do you think of the automatic?" Yeah, what do you think and, of the automatic, Todd? It's amazing. That's it. Show done. Okay, we're good. Yeah. We're good guys. Well, Alex has a JCW automatic. <laughs> my, my, what I can say about the automatic is that it is smooth, it is brilliant, and it is completely boring. I, I mean, that is that is the the best I can. Yeah, say. I mean, I so, so Todd, I gotta say, like I I, I had a, a review of the JCW automatic um, a year and a half or ish ago and i came away with the same thing i mean incredibly competent way more competent than i thought i i I actually thought fun to drive but not not at the same level of fun as the manual like no question yeah and and what i did was i i literally got it like two or three different times i did this i'd I'd go out and drive the the convertible jcw with the automatic and i get a feel for it and then i'm like okay i'm gonna do this back to back i'm gonna go drive the exact same roads the exact same styles everything in my JCW, the manual transmission. And while I know on paper the automatic is faster and smoother, it's it's got such better execution of that power from 0 to 60 or 0 to 80 or whatever you're going to end up than the manual does. The manual feels faster. It feels so much faster and so much more robust than, than the automatic does. It's just got spirit to it. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. went, I would choose every time the manual transmission mm-hmm. is available. Like, if I didn't have I a, agree. you know, as long as I can still shift and I'm not so old that my knee isn't killing me for whatever reason. So, yeah, I agree, man. I do like the manual better. So that's my that's my first take is the automatic is really good and you're going to have fun with it. But it is so smooth. The car practically drives itself. It's hmm. just it's so incredibly composed, if you will. And can I? Can I just on that take on, or on that on that? Um, I, I drove my nineteen, uh, my old BMW two thousand two, 
mm-hmm. from the seventies yesterday mm-hmm. and, uh, got in my uh, clubman today, which is a manual. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell you, I, I, I love the old car. I love it. I love that new car. <laughs> it's yeah. so nice <laughs> to be able to get in and have like that, that level of like, you know, solidity uh, as well as just like comfort. Well, I know. Uh, yeah. When I had my, uh, I still had my GP last year. I had it and the JCW at the same time. And to go back and forth, the JCW felt like an antique by comparison. I mean, there was oh, uh, yeah. 10 years difference between these cars, but both being manual transmissions, both being JCWs, uh, yeah, I would rather drive the new one, And which is why I sold the GP. I mean, I still love that car. It's still a great car to drive, but on a day-to-day basis, yeah, the new one is, is much more you know, fun, enjoyable, smooth, comfortable, all of the things. And, uh, you know, so that's my first take on the JCW convertible is that second take the seats while lovely, the dynamite got a $1,950 option is in my opinion, not really worth it. Go with the, the cloth seats. I thought they were just a little bit too much. I mean, as far they felt the same as the seats in my car, and you kind of stick to them a little bit. <laughs> you have so you have the cloth seats, Todd. Is that right? The JCW cloth seats. The cloth, but it's got the Alcantara, like the Dynamica on the sides and the and the right. Holster. But it's they're still the JCW seats themselves. And yeah, the you... seats are exactly the same. Like the feeling, oh, yeah, is the same. Yeah. so no different. But it's just the material when you sit down. Now. That being said, I think th- so. I agree with you that, by the way, I think the standard JCW seat is the is the best is one of the best bargains Mini gives you. Yeah, it, it really is. So, you know, I'd say, in my opinion, that that was my first impression. Don't go with those seats. Um, but the biggest takeaway I have from this car is that the best option you can get on any Mini now is the JCW Pro suspension <laughs> that I have on my car. Mm-hmm. I never, never would have guessed it would be that big of a deal uh, difference between the sports suspension that's on the JCW convertible and my tuned-in uh, coilover, adjustable coilover suspension, the JCW Pro, that's on my hardtop. And I would ex- have expected that the, the convertible would have been similar handling because of the inherent lower center of gravity. You know, there's no roof on the car. It's low. You know, it's all of its weight is down low, so it's going to feel a little more grounded. Oh, my gosh, these two cars drove, like, two totally different automobiles. Really? Two totally different. We have a, a, a road not far from me that has a series of roundabouts. Um, I want to say about six of them in a row. And there's a good distance of straight between them, so you can take them at pretty good speeds. And I did the same thing in both cars, and I got the convertible to kind of drift a little bit through them. My car went through them like it was a monorail. Like, it went zip, zip, done. Like, okay, what's next? I mean, the the difference was phenomenal. And if there's one thing I can, you know, I cannot recommend more on a new Mini, it's that JCW Pro suspension. Hmm. It is so much better than I ever... I mean, I've, I'm used to it. I've been driving it for a year. So it's, it's what I drive. I didn't realize how good it was until I got into this JCW convertible. So that's kind of my second take on that. Okay. Um, lots of other little things. The... It, the antenna has got to go on this car. You've got to have the shorty antenna. I've got some pictures that uh, that I'll post the difference view from a driver's viewpoint. Mm-hmm. And the big thing for me was the rear view out of this. Yeah. So 
this is something big in a convertible is the out of the rear view mirror what you can see the convertible top sticks up and takes up i want to say the bottom third of your mirror so between that and the two rear headrests in the convertible you lose the bottom third and then you lose the outer two like 20 percent. so you're left with this tiny little window of rear visibility it's pretty it's it's not good it's not terrible but it's not good i compare that to our 2013 roadster which it the the convertible top goes completely down into the car you can't see it at all when it's down and you have 100% visibility out of the rear view mirror can can we just agree the roadster is by far and away a better packaging of a mini drop top i mean yes. we've been saying that for years yes. but it's more definitive every time i drive it, it. And somebody, a friend, asked me uh, last week, too. They're like, well, what do you think of the convertible? What do you think of that? I, I'm thinking about getting one. I go, honestly, this is just for me. I, I hate to say this, but I'm going to say it out loud. It Go find yourself a used Roadster. <laughs> if yeah. you want a convertible, you're going to have so much more fun in it. Now, if you can't and you want something new and you want the new technology, absolutely. The new convertible is wonderful. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's it's a great car. It's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful car. But I would say the JCW seems to be overkill on this. Yeah, and hey, Todd, because uh, you haven't mentioned this, how does it drive with the top-up? Have you had a chance to drive with the top-up? Is it really loud? Is it yeah, pretty okay? Yeah. I and, drove it in the rain even with the nice. top-up. Okay. It, um, comparatively speaking, it is uh, a little bit louder than the Roadster, yeah. and part of that because there's so much more. There, there's the so much there. more top, right. Yeah, there's a little bit more top there, but it's it's fine. And anybody who's ever, and Gabe, you can attest to this, anybody who's ever concerned about owning a convertible in the wintertime in some place that gets cold and, and winter, that is a zero concern for me after having our Roadster through the winter. I mean, there's so much. Yeah, totally. You don't, worry, you don't get cold in the thing. Like, everybody goes, oh, convertible's got to be cold in the winter. No, it's I mean, actually, I can't the, put the heat it's on. It's fine. Cold. There's a heater. Yeah, it's yeah, it's I mean, I, I, I know I had I had one for 20 some thousand miles. I mean, in right. the Chicago winter and it was uh, and in fact, I went through half of the winter vortex in that car. Yeah, it's, it's the, totally fine. All of the things people think they're worried about. Oh, well, I live where it snows. I can't own a convertible and drive it every day. Yes, you can. You, you so, can. One thing I will say, I, I, I had a in fact, I still have to write the review. I have it written. I have to post it. Um I uh, I really enjoyed the JCW uh, convertible, but I mean, like you, Todd, I, I just couldn't help but think it basically made me miss the road. yeah the roadster so much yeah you know the new one's faster it's better better packaging it has a more usable trunk by far i'll never use the back seats i don't need to use them i mean i, I have kids and I, I love to put them back there but it's just not very often i would they're so small sure. and um it's just you know it's a more interesting car that said i i do believe that the current mini convertible and this is somewhat ironic because of the front overhang of that car the size of it it somehow it's balances better. out the proportions slightly yeah. and it's i, I just thing enjoy we, we the when we saw it it's one of the first thing we we said when we saw the the new one, the release pictures. Yeah, yeah. Right, guys. If you remember. Yep. Yeah, with the top down. It it is it, it yeah. is a little more proportional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wanted to react on the on the manual on the manual versus automatic, right? Like, so so you will never hear me say that that like uh, an automatic transmission is is like more fun than, than a manual in any case. But uh, uh, even even you know not accounting for. 
uh, California traffic, I would probably still have chosen like the automatic for one reason only is that I've, I've, I found like the clutch and, the uh, and, uh, and the gear change like way too light on this, on this uh, gearbox. It's just way too light. Like compared to my, to my R50, for instance, I know it's, it's an old car, but like the, the, the gearbox, like on the first generation felt so much better, uh, so much more engaging in my opinion. And also like, I've I've driven a couple of, of uh, over the last like say over the last eighteen months I've driven like a couple of Porsches the last of which um, the GT4 uh, in a manual transmission and I know we, you know those things are not necessarily comparable but I challenge anyone to to tell me that the a manual transmission on a Porsche today is not the best transmission on the market period that's like by far like the the best transmission I've ever driven. And I'm including the 1M and I'm including the M2, I'm including those cars. Uh, by far, it's the best transmission I've ever driven. And so when you've driven so something I, like this, you're kind of ruined with, with like something lighter like you have on the JC. Have you driven the... Uh, so I think, Alex, I think there's a couple of things there. I think the combination of clutch and transmission feel is what makes the GT4 Cayman so good. Yeah. And... I think that it's, what's interesting to me is that I couldn't say that about the previous uh, Cayman R or the the the, um, the Boxer Spider. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, you're right. That- you're right because I've driven back to back the GT4 and the Cayman R. Like even though like the the manual transmission on the Cayman R like is good, it's not GT4 good. Nor is it Cayman like regular Cayman the 981 good. It's uh, it's like the, yep, I agree. Yeah, the the new the new generation Cayman. I mean the the actual Manual transmission you find in the, in the 911 and in the 718 are by far like the best uh, manual transmission I've ever driven. I, I agree, and, I, and I, it's interesting because I remember driving the one in back to back with the um, the Cayman R and coming away with the thought that wow, I can't believe BMW has uh, you know actually out manual transmission Porsche because it, it it was so much more satisfying. But yeah, I mean I, I think that they just they just stepped it up whereas. Um, the M2, you know, it became, it became easier to shift versus the 1M, but no more satisfying necessarily. In fact, mm-hmm. I would say slightly less satisfying. Mm-hmm. And I, I will also say that the, 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 the transmission and clutch combination and the judging of the resistance of it all, you know, when you drive a good one, like I would say the, the Cayman, the Porsches right now, the 1M, older M3s, it does make you wonder, like why is yes. the clutch so light? In, yes, in, why? In these why is that? Yeah, now? you know. And I mean, my only, my only, uh, you know, my only thought is that it it's just because the mass, you know, the the, the masses want something light because in commuting it makes it easier, which it does. I mean, yeah, it, it, it does. It truly really does. Like as it's a, one it's that drives, as drive. one that drives in commuting, yes, it makes it easier to drive. Yeah, I mean it's effortless to drive my my club in, which has a light clutch in commuting. I could do it all day long, and I never complain about it. Whereas in my old R fifty three, even with a knee that was ten years younger, you know it it got tiring. Yeah, so you know there's a trade off, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And let me say one thing too before we turn into the Porsche show. Also about the, J- <laughs> the JCW specifically, and this goes for any JCW Mini that you get with head-up display. You get additional information in the head-up display that you don't get in any other car. One thing is you get a little tachometer, and with the automatic transmission in the center, um, it'll tell you what gear you're in. 
which is cool too because it's kind of noisy and not being able to hear. You can use the paddle shifters and quickly go between gears. Um, but you only you only see it on the on sports mode, I think. I think I could be wrong. Is it? I I I had to choose it in the uh, in the settings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think like the the even if you choose it in the setting, I think it turns on like only on. And I could be totally wrong. I think it turns on only on sports mode. But you're the kind of guy that drives on sports mode like all the time, so you I wouldn't do. see That's the, the difference, thing I right? Do want to get into a mini, as I just <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we need to check. I can tell you this weekend. I'll check it when I come back to San Francisco. Yeah, because Alex has that also. But it's a it's a cool little feature. It tells you what gear you're in. And I did finally get to use the feature in a JCW is, um, let's say you're in fourth or fifth gear and you want to downshift all the way down to as far as you can go. And Gabe, this is a trick you, you told me a long time ago, is if you hold the negative button down, like mm. it'll immediately shift. When you pull it, it'll immediately shift to the next gear down. Let's say you're in fifth. It'll go <laughs> instantly. Mm. But for like, if you hold it for a half a second more, it'll instantly go to the lowest possible gear. Um, you, know, you know who told me that? Who gave, show me that trick? Yeah. Yeah, Pat McKenna. Boom. There you go. Brings it all the way back around. Nicely done, Mr. Bridger. <laughs> bring it around. Bring it around. So anyway, that was a fun little piece. Um, I have to, I, unfortunately, I, I, I have to, I have to, to jet. Um, I do want to say that, uh, this is, uh, this is exciting for me because this is just hours. Actually, this is going to be, the show is going to be posted after, um, I have a, a wonderful root canal. Oh, fantastic. And, uh. Which is super exciting. Um, I'm officially old because I'm having it on my birthday. Ah, oh, oh wow! Well. Hey. Yeah, yeah, nicely done. So, uh, yeah, so that's exciting. So, hopefully, they'll give you some pain medication to go with the uh, the birthday uh, libations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I, I would just uh, I'd just be happy if it didn't hurt. Gabe Bridger, um, Gabe so, Bridger, everybody, motoringfile.com. Gabe, thanks for joining us. Hope to get you back on when Brian's back after he drives a countryman. It'd be a lot of fun. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, probably. Hopefully next week. Sweet. All right, cheers, guys. Thanks, Gabe. Cool. See you, Gabe. Right, bye. Okay. And the diva, Mr. Bridger, has left the building. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just can't resist when he does that. Anyway, um, did we resolve anything? Todd, so continue on about the JCW country, uh, convertible. Yeah, um, other things about the JCW convertible. Like I said, I think my overall take from it is I love a convertible. Um don't get me wrong. I, I very much think everybody should own one at some point in their lifetime. But really, once again, the, Sorry, the, guys. Yeah, the biggest takeaway I can say from it is I, I think the JCW is overkill in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would go with either a Cooper. Or a Cooper. Well, okay. Nice and if you want a great handling car, do that. Spend your money not on the JCW, but spend your money on the uh, JCW Pro suspension mm-hmm. and the JCW Pro exhaust because we love that exhaust <laughs> but if you're gonna have a drop top you want that exhaust oh yeah absolutely because to me the exhaust was way 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 too quiet right way i too- know it's embarrassing like it's, it's almost embarrassing but it's all it's even it's, it's the case like across the range like when you listen to uh, uh to the r56 uh s and you listen to the f56 it's like it, it is as embarrassing as comparing the, the regular well, JCW. Even with worse the, yet than that. Exhaust. Even yet worse yet than Alex's. So Todd's got the JCW with the JCW Pro exhaust on his car, and then he's got the R5, the, the R whatever Roadster, which has an amazing exhaust note. It does, and, yeah. And Just for no reason. Exhaust, he's, on top of that, DB, our Roadster has a JCW exhaust on it. Nice, which makes it even louder. And I have to say, my uh, my lady friend. 
basically, we, we've said many times after driving this car for, say, 20, 30 minutes, mm. we will never drive it across country because the exhaust is too loud. <laughs> <laughs> it literally is. It is so rumbly and loud, but it's so awesome around town. Right. Because, um, and, and here's something I found really interesting. I've had three different JCWs now, the GP, uh, my JCW hardtop, F56, and the Roadster. They all have the exact same tonal quality to the exhaust or, or timbre, if you will. All right. They all have the same kind of pitch. And with your eyes closed, you can tell it's a JCW. Ah, yeah, okay. It is a very fascinating thing that Mini has done specifically uh, in that. And speaking of JCW exhausts, if anybody's interested, especially in the Midwest area, in an F56 JCW exhaust, I've got a lead on some for a very... Very good price installed um, here locally. So get in touch with me. <laughs> Contact Feedback me. at whiteroofradio.com. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But anyway, I think my takeaway is I, I, I love the convertible. Um, I would go for the Cooper or the Cooper S. Don't spend the money on the JCW. Uh, I, I just think it's a little lost on it. I think you're going to have so much fun in the drop top that the extra power isn't necessary. And it's strange of me to say that, you know? Yeah. That is strange for you to say that, because you are the Jeremy Clarkson of White Roof Radio. Power! Yeah. <laughs> Power! Exactly. I was shocked myself at thinking that, but I'm like, this is so much fun to drive and enjoyable, I don't really need to drive it fast. Right. So, there yeah, you go. Okay. And I sent some pictures over, you guys saw that, about the limited visibility out of the rearview mirror. Yeah, did. We'll, um, we'll get those shared up over on the White Roof Radio Twitter account, just so you guys can check those out. Yep, yep. Nice. But anyway, that's my take on the... Uh, JCW convertible. And I'll probably do a bigger write-up for it. Yeah, watch for that very soon. As soon as I gets that written up, uh, that'll be posted while you're free. It'll probably be posted at motoringfile.com as well, so keep an eye out for that. Um, and keep an eye out for the picture. We'll sneak that one over on uh, Facebook or Twitter for you guys as well. Just, It's funny to see Todd's race car versus the convertible, and the convertible in comparison, when you see them side-by-side in Todd's driveway, the convertible looks like, like a dune, it looks like a dune buggy. Looks like it's on stilts. Yeah, sort of like, I don't remember if you guys remember this, but with the the Roadster, especially in Pepper White, with the 16-inch wheels, 16-inch black wheels, did you ever did you ever see that car? It looked like a dune buggy. It was yeah, the it was, weirdest thing. It, was, it looked like it was lifted at road so high because the 16-inch wheels left such a big gap on that car. Um, and so that convertible kind of reminded me of that a little bit. Yeah. I think even with our car, the 17-inch wheels and the JCW, it... I, I thought at first I wanted to put springs on the Roadster, but I don't. It's it's actually pretty well proportioned with 17-inch wheels right now. Yeah. But Nice. Yeah. Nice. That being said, the, the, any of the F cars are not. They all need to be lowered. Good God, they need to be lowered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, by a lot. Just take a look at the pictures of, you know, that I posted over there of these two cars side by side, and you'll go, oh, my God. Everybody on Facebook, and I must have gotten 90 different messages where they're like, I like the one that's lower. <laughs> yeah. That was definitely the universal. Uh, and it's, it's by the way, it's the difference is 1.75 inches. It's wow, gigantic. Huge. It's yeah. like almost another tire. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It doesn't even look like the same car. And, and the, the front, front end treatment of the two cars, I think when you look at mine and the, and the JCW, said, front end treatment is, wow, you can do a lot with dress on these cars. They really make it look a lot better with a little bit of decals and blacking out here. And so, for what it for what it is, you gotta love the mini. Yes, 
definitely, definitely got to love it. Thank you very much for that information, Todd. That was very cool. Let's go ahead and wrap things up, shall we? I want to remind you guys about one of the other fine sponsors here underneath the White Roof. Of course, our friends over at CravenSpeed.com. You guys have already gone over and checked out the upgrade to the uh, the phone mount. You're right, the, the new Gemini phone mount, which replaces the XXL line. So now you can either put a magnet or get the giant uh, you know clip to hold your phone in place. Super duper awesome. I'm not sure if the coupon code works or not, but the, I gave you guys a coupon code last show. You should have grabbed that. And then if, you, if you're not interested in that, I want you to click over to CravenSpeed.com. Go to the mini category. You can find all kinds of really cool stuff for your mini, like the smartphone mount. If you have a R53, one of the first-gen Mini Cooper S's, supercharger pulley. You're going to get that one for your car when it comes time to mod it anyway. Done and done. The mini tow hook. The uh, mini Platypus uh, Pro Series license plate mounts for so you don't have to you know drill holes in your uh, front bumper. Super duper awesome, awesome stuff. Not only stuff for your Mini, but stuff for other cars as well. You just need to click over to Craven Speed. Just go browse around. Uh, Audis, BMWs, Cadillacs, Mazdas, Toyotas, Volkswagens, Volvo, Subarus. All these different brands, and most of them, of course, all the really cool stuff, it's for your Mini. Go over there. Check it out. That, of course, our friends over at CravenSpeed.com. Don't forget, too, if you order by noon PST on regular business days, usually you're going to get same-day shipping. It's pretty nice. Pretty nice. That's why we love those guys over Craven Speed. CravenSpeed.com. Uh, you know, serve they're like one of the OG sponsors here too. Go over and check them out, please. Anyway, what else we got? Um, Amviv's coming up. Oh, Amviv's coming up. Another Amviv reminder: a mini vacation in Vegas. Uh, more information about that, of course, can be found over at amviv.com. There'll be a link in the show notes. You can get over there. The schedule's been posted. Registration is open. The uh, hotel room rate is ready to go. Once again, going back to what's the hotel again? Uh, Silverton. Oh, yeah, the Silverton, which is where it was uh, back in 2014, 2015. Yes, very, very awesome stuff. Uh, the dates for that, of course, May 18th through the 21st. Um, Todd's booked. I'm booking this weekend. Alex is booking soon as well. We're going to be there. Mm-hmm. You guys are going to be there too, right? It's going to be awesome. Got a lot of good runs. And, and Motoring Stripes are uh, is motor Is Motoring Stripes one of the sponsors? Yes. Yeah, well, we're the vendor. We're one of the vendors. Sponsor. Is Motoring Stripes going to be striping minis? Well, if there's minis to be striped. You guys heard here. Yeah, here's the tricky thing is that the vendor space is really only there. Uh, that little parking lot half area? Day Friday, half a day Saturday. Oh, okay. That's the vendor space. It's like uh, if you look at the schedule over at, at uh, mvf.com, I believe it's like 8 to noon Friday, 8 to noon, 8 to noon something like that. One. Yeah, it's 8 to noon on Friday and 8 to noon on Saturday. You're correct. Exactly. exactly. So there's not a lot of sitting around. But, the, hey, more time to motor and enjoy Vegas and, and hang out with your friends at the pool and the bar. If you're going on Friday, there's a Calico Ghost Town run. I'm almost going to bet that's going to go the back way to Calico Ghost Town, not the boring way, lame way on the packed, crowded Interstate 15 freeway. That run is going to be a blast. Don't forget to Vegas Strip Cruise. That if you haven't done it before, you got to do that at least no. once in your life. You have to do the Vegas Strip Cruise around Las Vegas Boulevard on a Friday night. You and like all of your Mini Cooper pals. It is no. it is something else, really is. I don't do it anymore just because it's well, it's <laughs> I've done it a bunch of times. <laughs> but hey, I go well, well, watch one it. One of those things too is you've done it a few times. You're like, okay, I've done that. Yeah, exactly. But if you've never done it before, and this is why you're going to Amviv anyway, is to do the Strip Cruise. If you've never been to Amviv before, I, I got to tell you, you're going to drive on Las Vegas Boulevard with all of your Mini Cooper pals. It is really, really awesome. 
And can I just say something? As somebody who's uh, who's never had my own mini at Amviv, okay, I've been you never to, have. I've been to all but like two or three of them, I think total. Yeah. Of the of the twelve now that they're going to be, mm-hmm. um, it's worth flying into Vegas. Uh, if you're interested, let me know. Like you can fly in there and enjoy yourself with your mini friends and hang out and have a really good time, and not have a mini and and yeah. be just fine. So oh, yeah. don't don't let that 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 keep you from going. Oh. Hey, wait a minute. I could go hang out and have a good time. Yeah, and, and the room rates are super cheap. Uh, Thursday, yeah. if you wanted to get in on Thursday night, $50 for Thursday night, $79 for Friday and Saturday night each, and then $50 if you want to stay through Sunday, if you want to stay until Monday morning. You know, totally not counting, and you know, not counting $13 resort fee, but still, that's, that's a great deal on a really nice room in Las Vegas. Yeah, I bet I've stayed at the Silverton four or five times now yeah. on different things. I stay there when I go to SEMA because it's so much cheaper, and it's a it's a totally nice hotel. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's not five stars, but it's totally nice. It's it's, it's, got, uh, it's got a good restaurant. It's got a nice pool area. It's got a Bass Pro Shops. I mean, what more do you want in a Las Vegas hotel casino? Across the street from In and Out Burger. Boom, and a truck stop. I mean, hello. That's right. I think the truck stop has a little taco stand in it. <laughs> Probably you can fill up on condoms with the you know vending. See, there you go. Because <laughs> it is Vegas. <laughs> it is Vegas. Anyway, that again, a mini vacation in Vegas. If you guys are looking for more information, you need to get signed up. Don't forget, that's what the adults do: is we sign up and register for these things. It's forty bucks, but you know what? That goes to make sure that the events really kick ass. Go over there to amviv.com and get yourself uh, registered, and then get all the information about the hotel. I'm gonna put a link in the show notes, so you just tap through your podcast app there, and there'll be a link to Amviv right there on the screen, and it even works mobile. So there, me. Uh, Amviv, done. Check and check. Motoringstripes.com. If you want Todd to put stripes on your car, you think, and Amviv, that would be pretty cool. Here's what you got to do. You got to go over to Motoringstripes.com, and you're going to do the Motoring Stripes White Roof Radio Sunroof Delete Kit hack, and you're going to use the contact form, which can be found at the bottom of the page, and you're going to put in your name, your email address, and your subject is going to be uh, Amviv Graphics. And you're going to ask Todd if he has any spaces available at Amviv to do graphics on your car as much details as possible, please. And he will get back to you um, possibly with a quote, and you guys start talking about designs, what you want. And that's also the same way you get the White Radio Center of Delete Kit. And I'm going to have swag and badges and all kinds of fun stuff there to buy to you. So come by and see us. Yeah, it'll be awesome. We'll be there. We'll have the big speaker out. We'll uh, we might record a show. We'll play some music for very at the very least, and you know we'll make sure Alex is wearing the tightest skirt we can find. Alex is going to be there with his JCW. You can see. Oh, that's right. Alex is actually close enough to drive this time. Yeah. So you want to be nice to me if you want to drive the car, DB? Yes, I'm always <laughs> nice to you, Alex. So what we're going to have to do, Alex, is you can't drive down by yourself. You're going to have to. We're going to have to get you hooked up with the uh, Northern California Mini Contingent so you can drive down in a group. Uh, yes, that would be really cool, so actually. I if, didn't think of it. So, if yeah, you are part of the Northern California Mini Cooper contingent driving to a mini vacation in Vegas, and you wouldn't mind Alex tagging along in his very nice uh, British Racing Green JCW Mini Cooper, let us know. Feedback at whiteroofradio.com. We'll make that happen, too. He just needs to know where to, where to start with you guys, and he'll join in. It'll be a lot of fun. Yep. Yeah, awesome. It's a good idea to be. Yep, I thought so, too. Thank you. Uh, and I'll be there uh, with Bruce, hopefully without with the missing chin piece replaced. Hopefully. Woo-hoo! Hopefully. 
<laughs> Baby steps, man. I'm working on it. I'm having a hard time finding those non-painted. I changed my mind. I wanted to go and get them painted or get the non-painted ones so I can paint them to match, you know, and not get the black ones. Um, right. But finding the non-painted, just the chin spoiler part, is proving to be difficult without going through a dealer. So Aaron's still looking for them. What's that? Outmotoring.com. Outmotoring.com's got them, but in black right now, just the pebbled ones, which oh. I could technically, since they're so low, technically Dude. I could primer them and then paint them green to match, right? But I don't. the, the texture is going to look weird, and it'll bug me. You know what I'm saying? You know, you know it's just painted on there, right? The, the texture is not really plastic. You could sand it down. It's just uh, the texture is painted. They all come the same way. Hmm. That's all that is. It's just it's it's painted. On so I could itself. actually I could probably with little to with little effort probably sand them smooth. You're yeah, saying? absolutely, absolutely. Mm. You just sand it down back to back to smooth because it's just a texture paint that's on there. Hmm. I have to look at that. Yeah, they've done that since the uh, aero kits and the R. See, I thought that they were I thought that they were like pre they sprayed that stuff on, and that's why I don't know. I couldn't figure out why they cost so much more. It's like triple the price for those pieces ready for paint, which is really weird. This always cracks me up. I'm almost positive. We can check on that, but I'm I'm pretty sure like it like it was in uh, in 2002 in the, in the olden days. Yeah, it was painted on there. They all came the exact same way. Or you and... know what I could do, dude, is I could just cover it with gorilla glue, <laughs> and then sand the gorilla glue smooth, and then paint it. Yeah, done, done, and done. Gorilla glue is my new favorite thing. I'm gonna fix everything with gorilla glue. Yeah, because I got a tube of it that's gonna last me forever. So I gotta do send, something with it. Yeah, send them to Gabe for his roots now. <laughs> <laughs> bringing it full circle once again ladies and yes yes we are um one more time to gang to you and i'll remind you about the uh, the old patreon page if you are looking to help sponsor uh, white roof radio and you want to get in on black roof radio the pre-show stuff that we talk about it's, it, sometimes it's black roof sometimes it's you know alex talking about star wars but you know it's always something that everybody else doesn't get to listen to Click over to patreon.com and uh, forward slash white roof radio. There you can sign up. It doesn't take much. 50 cents a show, whatever you want, kick in, and you'll get black roof radio. Super duper awesome every time. And I, there'll be one up probably tomorrow for this episode, and you guys aren't going to be able to listen to it. Doesn't that suck? Anyway, just saying. And not only that, but that's a really cool place to upload pictures of your mini for us to use as the album covers. So I've already gotten the last show, and then not this episode, but the next episode's already covered for album covers because somebody uploaded a really nice picture of a 2012 R56X in pure silver with black. Oh, white wall, white, white uh, lettered tires. It looks so badass. Anyway, that's our man Chuck. He is, will be the, uh, you'll see him for episode 617. Anyway. Not to be too much of a spoiler alert or anything, but just saying. <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash Twitter Radio. I believe that is all we have for this night. Anviv, check. Motoring.com, Craven Speed, Patreon, Motoring Stripes. Yeah, we're done. Yes? I have 30 seconds. Alex, you get 30 seconds. Go. In 30 seconds. I was this Sunday at a Cars and Coffee event with Charlie and Sean. It was mostly Ferraris and Alfa Romeo's. Uh, the Ferraris that I prefer, the one that I prefer was the 488. Mm. There was also a 588, but unfortunately it did not catch on fire. <laughs> it, was also a, it was also a Mustang, but fortunately it didn't crash into anything or anyone. Excellent. It and, wasn't a cars and coffee. That's- <laughs> yeah. And then we listened to, uh, to a talk from David Hobbs, former uh, racing driver that is now uh, a commentator on the NBC Sports. Uh, he does F1. And the guy was in Formula One. He was in 24 Hours Le Mans. He was in Indy 500. 
uh, did NASCAR also, so like it was really cool. It was also a character in the last uh, Cars movie, Cars 2. Oh, very uh, cool. David, David Hobscap. And it was awesome, so I recommend anyone to, if great. you can find a talk from this guy, it was it was really cool. That's it. Really great guy. And then next week, Alex, we're going to talk about, you got to drive an Alfa Romeo Julia. Yes, and uh, it was it was good. Uh, it was really good. That was a car from the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. They've been advertising the heck out of that. I watch a lot of college basketball this time of year. I'm a huge college basketball fan. And I will say that Alfa Romeo is a big sponsor of ESPN College Basketball. Hmm. I'm still kidding. They they sponsor like the halftime shows on ESPN. They're really, really, really marketing the heck out of this car. Oh, they are going after it. Yeah, definitely. Nice. Yep, yep. Nice. All right. Very good. So we've got this show taken care of. We've got half of next show taken care of. Excellent. Gang, this, thanks for sticking with us for the long show this week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for, you know, all the things. You guys rule. But this is the part of the show where uh, I do like to make that funny clicking sound. And then I say... Questions, comments, or concerns, go ahead, click back over to whyroofradio.com. There you can leave us a note in the show notes. You can also email us feedback at whyroofradio.com. But until next weekend, this is DB. I'm done. Cheers. Adiato.